Welcome to The Verb with Heather Hallman, where each week she explores a different life-changing verb in the Bible to connect you with Jesus and a new way to live each day. With your host, Dr. Heather Hallman. Welcome back to The Verb. I'm your host, Heather Holloman, and this episode, we're going to be looking at my second favorite verb in Scripture, guarded, and we're going to talk about some of the things God taught me as I begin to explore this single verb in Scripture based on Psalm 9710, that God guards the lives of His faithful ones. Now, this was such an important uh, journey for me to understand God's guarding care because I really needed to flesh out, okay, God, how are you guarding my soul? How should a person live if they know they're guarded by Christ? And so I found a quote by the South African preacher, Andrew Murray, that really began to shape what became my second book with Moody Publishers. And that book is called Guarded by Christ, Knowing the God Who Rescues and Keeps Us. And I'm really excited about this book because it's a hard, it's actually a harder book to read because it's really about toxic mindsets and people really struggling to build up maturity in their inner being. You know, when Paul talks about being strengthened with power in our inner being, I really began to think, okay, what is my inner being? How can I strengthen it with power by understanding the nature of who Jesus is, how the Holy Spirit is guarding me in all my ways. So here is what Andrew Murray says, and I think you'll love this. He says, Has not God given Christ his almighty Son to be the keeper of every believer, to make Christ an ever-present reality, and to impart and communicate to us all that we have in Christ? God has given us his Son, and God has given us his Spirit, How is it that believers do not live up to their privileges? So that day in my journal, I said, God, what are the privileges of being a child of God that I'm missing? And again, as I thought about that guarded imagery in Scripture over 100 times in the Psalms alone, we see images of God's guarding care as a fortress, a tower, you know, a a strong high rock. And I thought, God, build this up in my mind to remember your guarding care. So today I really want to talk about that first facet, that first privilege of knowing we're guarded by Christ. And that is this, that we're guarded by a sense of confidence instead of living in condemnation. Instead of being condemned all day long, God is guarding us by his righteousness, so we approach God with confidence. I just want you to remember that word confident as you think about that verb, guarded. Now, when you think of Romans 8.1, it says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, one of the toxic mindsets I battled for years, in fact, most of my 20s and 30s, was this idea that I was actually condemned. I was living in condemnation. It makes sense if you think about it. Revelation 12.10 says we actually have an accuser. Satan is the accuser of the brothers and sisters. He accuses them before God day and night. Now, I wrote my dissertation at at the University of Michigan on shame and guilt because I had battled these feelings of condemnation for so long. I was living in so much shame, believing that I was a bad person and that others saw me as such. I just lived in that. I felt like even if, you know, I had sinned too much or if I confessed my sin, you know, what did God really 
feel about me. You know, I didn't understand how to live in the confidence of Christ's righteousness applied to me and that God was pleased with me. I just saw God as as a God who was disappointed in me all the time. So when I began to explore this image that I really want to think of my soul as being guarded by the righteousness of Christ, so the accusations, the condemning accusations can never get to me. It really began to build some maturity in me. I was looking at Ephesians 3.12, where it says, in him, Christ, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Now, if you look at those verbs in the Greek, that idea of approaching God, first of all, it's beautiful in the Greek because it's actually this bold sense of having access that you're drawing near with bold access. It's approaching God with boldness and confidence. You'll see that verb again in Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 10, the idea of let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Again, in Hebrews 10, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. I really wanted to live in that confidence that I had God's complete approval, that God had credited righteousness to me because of Jesus Christ, but I didn't know how to live in that confidence. When I began to explore that guarding imagery, I thought, you know what, I I, I can catapult myself boldly into the presence of God anytime I want because of Jesus. He loves me. He cares about me. I do not live under condemnation at all. And I just love how loving God is. I love Psalm 33, 15. He forms the hearts of all and considers everything they do. And when he considers everything I do, he knows my sin. He knows the things I have done that are separating me from his love, you know, that that are separating me not from his love, but from my experience of his love. He knows those things. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we do that, and yet we still walk around in shame and guilt and condemnation. Now, I thought about the number of people I know that regularly believe that God is unhappy with them. They just have a very you know, condemning view of God, that God is just angry and mad. And I decided to think about, okay, well, how would a child think about this? Because sometimes, you know, I ask my children, you know, how are you experiencing God? Because I had met with so many women. And if I were to say, you know, how does God feel about you? They would say, oh, he's disappointed. You know, I've sinned too much. He's he's angry. He's disappointed. Well, I asked my daughter, my little eight-year-old daughter, um, I said, you know, when you think about God, what do you? How does He feel about you? What do you, What do you think God's thinking about you? And my daughter just looked up at me with the biggest smile on her face, and she said, "Oh, He is so happy about me. He is so happy about me." And I thought we rarely think of God that way. And so I began to really compile the scriptures, especially in my 20s and 30s, just to learn to live outside of condemnation. You know, I memorized Psalm 103, where it says, as far as the east is to the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And, you know, it is true. Hebrews 8, Isaiah 43, it says that he will remember our sins no more. Now, this is huge because I think Christians live in condemnation instead of knowing that when they confess their sins, they've actually already been forgiven. When I think of 1 John 1, 9, really confession is about us experiencing the reality 
of our forgiveness. But it's a, it is very important to position ourselves to be aware of sin in our lives, but then not to live in condemnation. We know that sin is a big deal. We know from Romans 2 that it causes trouble and distress. We know that when we sin in Psalm 68, it says if we cherish sin in our heart, the Lord doesn't hear. We know that it gives a devil a foothold. You know, sometimes I tell my children, God has a plan for our life, but Satan also has a plan for our life. So it's, you know, as we think about sin, just regularly asking, is there anything in my life that doesn't please you, Lord? But it is not a condemning process. It's a joyful process. Jesus is with you. You're looking at your sin together. You are not under condemnation. I used to walk around the campus of the U- University of Michigan so disappointed in myself, you know, going to parties, dating the wrong guys. Even after I was walking closely with the Lord, I would confess my sin and just live under so much condemnation that I would literally stomp around in my snow boots on that campus just repeating Romans 8.1, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So coupling that verb guarded, coupling with this idea that we don't need to live in the toxic mindset of condemnation, I remembered it literally by picturing a catapult, that I was just catapulting myself into the presence of the Lord, approaching that throne of grace with confidence, that I don't live in condemnation anymore. I approach the throne of grace with confidence. I find help in my time of need. So if today you're feeling condemned before the Lord, especially if you've confessed your sin to him, you can move forward with confidence that you're forgiven and that there's no condemnation for you because of Christ Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at another toxic mindset, and that is just how we deal with so much anxiety. But people who understand the guarding presence of God, they can live in the peace that is promised them in Philippians 4-7. Thank you for listening to The Verb with Heather Holloman. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And remember, new episodes every Friday. This episode was brought to you by my friends at Moody Publishers. I have loved publishing my books with Moody, because they donate every dollar of profit to the Moody Bible Institute. So when you purchase my book, you help train the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about my books with Moody Publishers at heatherholloman.com.